0: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick Network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan
1: Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We're out in the beer garden today where the Big Orange Caravan will be making a stop in about an hour, hour and a half. Josh Heifel, Rick Barnes. Kelly Harper, uh, and and many others, including Danny White, the AD, will be on hand here in Music City. We'll uh, bring you coverage of that with some interviews coming up on tomorrow's show as well as a full recap of the entire first round of tonight's NFL Draft. Um, In 15 minutes, we have big questions that we will answer about Picks 1 through 32. But, guys, as we sit here right now, the big headlines from Vegas... If you believe the reports, Jacksonville is split between Hutchinson or Walker at number one. And it's split because it sounds like ownership really likes Aiden Hutchinson. And the football guys like Trayvon Walker. And that's not a surprise, Paul, if you consider how these guys, they're drafting on traits. And Walker would tend to have a higher ceiling. If you just watch him play, you can see the athleticism burst through the screen. But the production is with Hutchinson. And if you want the steady production, you go with Hutchinson. I, I There's no safe, quote-unquote, safe pick. We've seen offensive linemen bust, and they're always termed safe. But it is an interesting scenario they're in with the number one pick. There's not a quarterback that a team's willing to trade up for and make a decision where they trade back four or five spots, of the decisions made for them on who the, who's there and who's not. And do they base, do they base it on traits or base it on just consistency? And there's an answer for each of those. You
0: could say it's a real test case for them, right? Except uh, two and three years from now, when we're making a judgment on whether the Jags made uh, the right call. There, there'll be a lot of context that, that will have factored into that. Are the Jaguars finally stable? Uh, yeah, is he, is he getting good? Is he getting <laughs> is, good
1: coaches? Is, is Trevor surrounded? Lawrence a franchise guy? Is he surrounded
0: by, by yeah. good people? Um, and and then also, what about the other guy? You know, so if they take Walker is Hutchinson, um, you know, well coached and, and in a good program in Detroit, you know, you know, so where do they both wind up, and how are they coached, and what kind of settings are they in to judge them in? Um, but it could wind up being a test case of that, a very clear one, where we look forward to the next time there's such a choice to be made, and you say, "Well, look at what Jacksonville did or didn't do in 2022."
1: Chad, their draft, their their off season leading into the draft has been about Trevor Lawrence. You alluded to this to begin the show earlier today. You would really consider offensive tackle to protect Trevor Lawrence.
2: Brief chronology here of events. <clears throat> <Yep. clears throat> they hire Urban Meyer. <laughs> <clears throat> He's caught grinding on a woman in Ohio. <laughs> uh, he skips the team flight home. He's an utter disaster. Uh, he apparently kicked the kicker at one point, or the punter. I can't remember which one. Kicker. They have to fire him midseason. Okay. Made a big mistake, spent a lot of money, gave a guy a lot of power, didn't work out. You get a mulligan as the owner to do that. Admitted the mistake, fired him. Goes and seeks a new coach. When three or four of the names on his list won't take the job or interview because they don't want to work for Trent Baalke Right. with the power that he has. Settle on Doug Peterson. Terrific hire. Super Bowl champion with the Eagles. Great football guy, former quarterback, coaching your franchise quarterback number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Now fast forward to draft time. You hired a quarterback to coach your quarterback as the head coach. Trent Balky, who no one across the league, for the most part, wanted to work with as a head coach. He settled on Doug Peterson because he had no other options, quite frankly. But he's still a good coach, good hire. And now you're going to tell me you're split because the owner wants one guy. <laughs> the GM that no coach wanted to work with wanted another guy. And your offensive-minded, quarterback-minded head coach wants a different guy. How do I read into this as anything other than this is a bleep show in Jacksonville? And he's a terrible owner. What if he's just awful? What if we all thought, hey, here's a guy. I haven't heard of him before. He's, got, he's a billionaire. He's got a lot of money. He's spending money left and right. He's doing this. He's going to stay hands up. What is hands-off about ownership preferring a guy that the GM and coach doesn't? What? If it was a tiebreaker scenario, guys, I would understand it. If it was Balky and Peterson coming to the owner and saying, hey, we're going to go defense. Well, this is only if you believe We're going to go defense. We're split between Walker and Hutchinson. Who would you go with? And he picked one or the other? Great. But you've got offense from the head coach. You've got an edge rusher. And then you've got another defensive lineman with the three parties. I don't get what's going well, on. Well, they're giving too much credit.
1: Vegas is saying that they're going with the football guys, that they're going with Trayvon Walker.
2: I give Shotkan too much credit for what, Paul?
0: Being for- the owner? Yeah, uh, for doing a good job. I mean, he stuck with Gus Bradley for far too long. He stuck with Doug Marone for far too
1: long. Well, he's just known as the guy who doesn't meddle.
0: Yeah, he doesn't meddle. He probably should meddle more because <laughs> they've been so bad. And, and well, he's now he been
2: Super patient. So the one thing he had in his corner was not meddling, and now he's meddling. Well, I, should, I think he should meddle. They've been a mess.
1: Yeah, he's got. And th- where he also meddled is he refused to remove. Trent Baalke is general manager.
2: Can we get this team to London already <laughs> and start talking about that? I mean, th- I, I'm trying to find a way. The only thing interesting about Jacksonville is how dysfunctional they are. There's nothing interesting well, about that. Maybe, they,
0: maybe they're making the right call. There's we nothing interesting about their team color
2: scheme. Pick. There's nothing interesting about the city of Jacksonville. Nothing. Whoever
0: except dysfunction. We've got to give two years to the guy they pick and see if he's good.
1: Guys, favorite players in the draft. The, the, your favorite player. I'll, I'll start with mine, and it's, it's real simple on offense for me. Wide receiver Jamison Williams. Um, Alabama, we, we saw all the accolades. Number three all-time as the receiver at Alabama for a single season behind Devontae Smith and Amari Cooper. And here's Jamison Williams. He is smooth, huge catch radius, We don't need to mention the speed we know he can play but he runs 4-3 physical and here's the key he's consistent he's not a flash in the pan he's very consistent with the football in his hands and he shows up week in and week out now he has the acl but i'm here to tell you i am willing to wait on jamison williams no matter who would end up picking him i think he's the top talent in this draft he's my favorite player And I would invest heavily in him as a number one wide receiver. And he's not being talked about that way because of the injury. That will play a huge factor in great value in the top ten. But picks five through ten is where I see Jamison Williams going. And for that, I think it's a home run pick for whoever ends up with him. I think it's the Jets.
2: Sometimes sports can be really simple. And my pick is going to be a very, very simple pick. Doesn't matter about shuttle time. Doesn't matter about 40 time. Doesn't always matter about height and weight. You take the best team in America with the best unit in America, and not only the best unit for one season, maybe the best defense we've seen in 25 years of college football with the most talent. And I take the best player off that unit that led everyone on that defense, that got them lined up, that got them ready to go, that helped win them a national title. He's the smartest guy on the team. He was the most productive defensive player on the team. It's N'Kobe Dean. He's my favorite player in this draft. I feel, I've talked about Kyle Hamilton all day with very little questions about him, I feel very similar to Kobe Dean. Whoever gets him is getting a 10-year leader on your defense that's going to be a great player in the NFL. I feel very confident about that.
0: I really like Jahan Dotson from Penn State, the receiver. I'm not going as high as you guys are. They're obviously better players than he is. I just like watching what I've seen of him. He's a smaller guy. He's five eleven mm-hmm. ish, one eighty one. Ran a four four three. He's fast. He's sudden and he's twitching. He had two drops last year in one hundred thirty eight targets. He's got that reliability that you have to love. He tracks the ball really well for a little guy. 10 of his 21 touchdowns, 40-plus-yard plays. So he's the big play guy that I, I love sink. that. He's got two seasons of punt returner work. Uh, he's got good hands, body control, all of that. Good catch radius for a guy his size. His comp is Deontay Johnson. And, look, I'm going to confess, uh, I, I, I've got a second job covering the Tennessee Titans, and I want the Titans to expand what they do at wide receiver – beyond big guys so i look carefully at little guys and i think this is the kind of guy that they just turn their nose up at that they're kind of above um so i don't get to see guys like this when i watch the one game that i'm at every sunday so i'm a little mystified
2: by them until you watch Tyreek Hill <laughs> or the opposition right, yeah.
1: when you see other teams that have I, it. I don't see Tyreek Hill when I see Johan Dawson. No, Dotson. I don't either. No, no, but, I, kind of
2: but I do see a guy. I'm with you, Paul. I see a guy that the only knock on him is, well, he's 5'10", 5'11". But, I mean, every, I mean everything is plays bigger than that height. He gives himself a bigger catch radius than his height. Is better with 50-50 balls than his height would suggest. I, I like him as a prospect. I've got him going to Green Bay late in the first round. That's a deadly combo with Aaron Rodgers and him with what he could do.
0: Yeah, a lot of people will make him work.
2: Yes, I agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our
0: city's team it seems to have no desire to let a guy like that work.
1: He'd be a great pair with AJ Brown and that that's the comp like you you want to you want to be able to pair him with a true number 1 guy. That's how I view Jahan Dotson. Like yeah. uh, He's not my number 1 wideout, no, but no, he is a he means- uh, he's a playmaker that is a huge integral part of an offense.
0: And, and so that's another uh, another question I ask, Titans wise, is Tim Kelly, who's worked with Braden Cooks the last couple of years, who's not a big stat guy. Cooks. Brandon Cooks, sorry. Does he come in and say, hey, what we need is, you know, he's the passing game coordinator now. He's got power in Tennessee's coaching structure. Does he come in and say, hey, we're too big? You know, or we're too into big guys. What we need is somebody that changes the mix a little bit, a guy like Dotson. And does he have influence on that, or does he buy into the, yeah, let's let's go all all big, and if we have a little guy, he'll be Cam Batson or, or, or Rodgers or somebody who's a fringy guy.
2: I just I, think I face value, Paul, in the NFL, any hard and fast rule for a, an organization or a GM is difficult to put on a player we're only going to have DBs or corners that are over six feet. You know, whatever it is, like just put any rule out there. Our receivers are all going to be over six one, six one or taller. You can't do that in the NFL when it's a draft system, when it's designed to be even. If you're Nick Saban in Alabama, you can have, what does he call it, critical factors right. at every position, and only recruit guys that fit those critical factors, whether it be 40-time, arm length, By group. Yeah, every position no, group Parcells has critical factors. That. Well, you can do that when you're picking among the best of the best at all times in college if you're at a top program, right? I just don't think you can do that in the NFL and say, well, I'm never going to draft a receiver under six feet. I'm not saying the Titans are doing that, but I don't think anyone should be doing that. Well,
0: they haven't invested much draft capital in smaller guys. And, uh, you know, they went one big free agent contract for Adam Humphreys, and it didn't work out mostly because he got a bunch of concussions.
1: Here's the big storyline that I'm I'm eager to find out. That let me let me tie in a team with this, with a with who has two top ten picks, the New York Giants. The New York Giants reportedly are not going to pick up the fifth year option of Daniel Jones. Yeah. Okay. Um, are they in the market with one of their two top ten picks for a quarterback? And the reason I ask this, if you say no, you wait on next year. That's the excuse I've heard from, like, ten teams. Right now there are ten teams that think they're going to bottom out and suck and be the seller, and they're going to get the number one overall pick and have their choice between Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Those are the two guys because the number three rated quarterback today is the Clemson starter, DJ. Thank you. There there is a huge drop-off there. So if you're going to tank it, you've got to tank and suck enough and be great at that enough to bottom out to end up with C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young as of right now. If you're not doing that, you have to compare the next tier to what the top group is right now. And the fact that you have two top ten picks, I don't know how you don't look at quarterback given that. And I know Houston's at 13 and not a top ten team. I view them the same way, um, even though they feel more settled than Daniel Jones with the New York Giants. But I don't know how you just look ahead and push the ball forward, push your chips towards 2023, given the fact that we can name all these different teams that are drafting the top 15 where we would say, no, they're not going to draft quarterback. They'll wait till next year. They'll wait till next year. Atlanta, believe it or not, with two weeks left in the regular season, was in playoff contention now with seven teams getting into the NFC, which was horrible last year. Quarterback play is all in the AFC now. So who's to say that Atlanta can't win enough to be in, quote-unquote, contention? I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but contention. Closer to the postseason, they are the number one overall pick a year from now. I, and I, that's why I'm not buying this whole 2023 is where the quarterbacks are. I can name you two, and that's it.
0: Well, I, I would. I, I get your point. It's not a bad point. I would just say there is hope, at least, that uh, um The rest of that class, Van Dyke, Jaron Hall, Grayson McCall, Jerkovic, uh, whoever else. how how do they
1: compare to this group?
0: Well, let's let they get another season to go do something. And so maybe one or two of them, two or three of them emerge and make it a better quarterback class, second tier than these guys. We know these guys aren't very good. We don't know well, yet what those guys are. But well, here's what I season. know:
1: you're you're judging this based on either the top two quarterbacks, or you're getting Jake Ryan Hayden. Tannehill, Daniel Jones. Uh, let, let's just run through: you're you're getting Baker Mayfield a year from now. You're getting Kyler Murray in a trade. You're getting uh you're you're getting Tom Brady, whose contract is going to be out in 2022. You're getting Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be in the same predicament. You're getting a veteran that you're going to invest in or you're getting one of the rookies here compared to the top two next year. There's no way to know within a year how these other guys stack up. But one thing I do know is Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud will be there barring some catastrophic injury. Well, it, it, there's, a, there's a tough competition for the number one and number two pick next year. A
2: year ago at this time, right after the NFL draft, Sam Howell was the projected number one pick in the right. mock drafts. A lot changes in I the, think the course of a season. Yes, and I think the odds of all those names you just listed, Paul, becoming Sam Howell after next year are way higher than becoming on par with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I'm saying one or two of them. But even if that's the case, there's still going to be a lot of teams. There's more teams. There's more supply. There's more demand than supply. That's the and, way in I a sense see it. it's, so, but it's in theory, I like what you're saying, Hutton, but you have to really love Kenny Pickett. No. Nope. Like if you're the Giants, you have to. You have, you have first to serve GM round and, and, and coach a line, but even if with two, two first round picks, they've got multiple needs, I just think you got to, and maybe they do. Hypothetically. you got to really like one of these quarterbacks. The Giants to do that. could
1: have the top rated quarterback this year where they select. Oh, Absolutely with their second top 10 pick. That's what I'm saying. Like, you get the guy you need to be a transformational piece, offense, defense, whatever it might be, and I'm not saying these guys are worthy of a top five pick, but they're worthy of comparing them to the third best quarterback next year as things stack right now. And unless you're bottoming out to where you think that you are, again, there are going to be some really bad teams based on projections. With everyone willing to wait till next year, there are a lot of teams that feel like they're Houston or that feel like they're Detroit. Jacksonville will be there again, too, probably. And maybe they're not looking at quarterback. But the Giants and the Jets keep kicking the can down the road, and the Jets addressed it last year. Meanwhile, you've got the Giants who are not going to pick up the fifth-year option, so they know they're going to be in the quarterback case, Uh, or they're giving mega money to Daniel Jones. But they're telling us that they don't believe in Daniel Jones by not picking up the fifth-year option. You would pick up the fifth-year option if you think there's a chance you would franchise tag him a year from now. It's much more monetarily beneficial to pick up a fifth year option right now than it is to tag a player at quarterback next year.
0: Giants also draft thirty sixth. You know, if those quarterbacks are are lingering at the bottom of the first round, you could jump from thirty six to, to thirty one with Cincinnati or thirty two with Detroit.
1: But if I'm willing to take a quarterback at thirty six, I would want the fifth year option right, of a first a round bit. pick. And I don't want to move up. I'm just taking it with my second first round pick and I don't it doesn't cost me anything. Meanwhile, the majority well, of this cost you the second player that you would no, get at no, a premium in another position? Where is this draft valued compared to recent drafts? When's the last time you've heard there are 15 players with a first-round grade? Well,
0: if there are 15 players with a first-round grade and you've got five and seven, you can get but, two But, Paul,
1: it doesn't matter. 15 players with a first-round grade, but the Giants may not need left tackle after they draft left tackle. There could be two or three other left tackles with a first-round grade. That's my point. You may run out of players that you need. And to me, the values at quarterback, that's worth the biggest risk. Instead of going with Kayvon Thibodeau, who I have them mocked with, that's, that's my overall point here. I'm, I'm willing to risk it on a quarterback, given the fact they're not going to pick up a fifth-year option on a guy that they're not willing to believe in to the point where they're saying, well, if he's good, we'll tag him. They're willing to pay him as a top-five player next year on a franchise tag at the position, but not willing to pick up a fifth-year option on a rookie deal. That speaks volumes to me on how they feel things are going to progress in 2022. And that's just one example.
0: I'm completely comfortable with them taking two good players at 5 and 7. If a quarterback is still there, they can come up and and get them, and they will have three, in their eyes, three good players.
1: I don't think there's much of a difference between pick 20 and pick 39, for instance. Right, but there is
0: a big difference between pick 7
1: and those picks. But not if you already address left tackle at pick 5. That's my point. Like, if you have... Well, trade back with seven and then
2: take Matt Corral but at, my, wherever you get him later in, in the my draft. my
1: situation, maybe they have four left tackles as a top 15 grade. Well, if you draft one of them, there's three other players that are completely off your board. You don't need two of them. But
0: they also need an edge and a safety.
1: But it, I'm saying I'm willing to risk it on a quarterback more than I am Kayvon Thibodeau. You have Zeevo Jolari from last year. So take and I would ad, I would draft I, I would I would address the the pass rush in the second round with my high second round pick where, just, where the value seems to be there. Well,
2: what I'm saying is you gotta like them. I mean, you don't just hey, let's take the next quarterback on the board, even though we think he's a third rounder on our board. They've they've got it's got to line up.
1: Now, if they is, love Kenny Pickett find it, more than others, than draft. Him. I find it extremely lazy for those that sit on here on draft day and say, well, you know, the value of quarterbacks next year, really. Name me the top three quarterbacks. I can name you two. There's two everyone knows. There's two. And then a, a group that would be very comparable to this year's class.
0: I don't say the, I don't say the values next year. I say, we don't know. About a lot of guys until we see their final season. Guys rise and fall off senior seasons or final. Well, the seasons clock
1: is ticking on all that the group time.
0: there. Of course it hey, is. Let me give but you. I haven't seen him play. Let me give either.
2: you a guy that's going to rise this year, I believe, because we're here at this big orange caravan today. I think Hendon Hooker is going to work himself into a top Maybe three so. round pick as a quarterback.
1: Maybe so, based and on
2: last year and this coming year,
1: and, and based on where we. There will be a couple of shockers tonight at quarterback. I don't think we have more than three. But I think the teams where they land, we do a double take, at least one of them. Um, and that's because the value is there with the fifth year option at the position where you can go from being, you know, taking a risk where we don't know to being the guy who says, you know what, we're in, to, to pardon the pun with Vegas, we're going to roll the dice on this guy because we don't plan on being in the seller very long. And we're going to project not just for next year, but long-term. And given the fact that you have one year left on Daniel Jones' contract and you're trying to figure out if he's the guy, this sets up perfectly for the Giants to draft a quarterback for this class who even Paul Koharski would say, oh, these guys need a year. This is a perfect situation with what the Giants have set up given the fact that they have two top ten picks.
0: The Giants might have said that very thing about Daniel Jones three years ago and here they are not using the fifth year option that you're finding so valuable. My, which
1: I don't agree with but what I agree with you about You general. are disagreeing with the fact that I'm saying I'm not doing it if I'm the if I'm uh, you know, a team with one first-round pick. I'm not doing it to find the Lions in the top ten. The Giants have two top ten picks. I get that. I'm taking the best graded player on my board, and then I'm drafting the top quarterback because they're telling us, based on this report, they're not thinking Daniel Jones is the long-term answer. Otherwise, you would tag him, not tag him. You pick up the option because it's cheaper than the franchise tag a year from now. That's my point. Monetarily, it makes no sense to not pick up the option if you think you're going to tag the player if he plays well.
2: we got a lot of big questions to get to in the next uh, the,
1: the top questions include the quarterback position, wide receiver, corner, biggest surprise of the first round. We hit all of the big questions for tonight's draft. That's next on OutKick360. You ready? Showtime. kick 360 season ticket holder, Isaiah from Indy, is in the house at 6th and Peabody. Been a long Yeehaw time. He's here, Old Smoky Moonshine. He's wearing the Kevin Bayer jersey. He's ready to go. He wants the Titans to trade out of the first round. Tonight. It's not a
2: bad call. Almost didn't make it back from break. It's going to be hard. I was talking with Isaiah and another longtime listener to our left over here, here for the Big Orange Caravan.
0: I think it's going to be hard to find somebody that wants to trade in the
1: 26. <laughs>
0: And I think there are going to be a lot of teams in the 20s that want to get out.
1: Um, Big questions for tonight's NFL draft. We're we're going to, according to us, according to OutKey360, have some definitive answers for you. And guys, the, the first question, which team creates the first real surprise, the shock and awe moment of tonight's first round of the draft? Chad, who would you go with?
2: I'm going to go with the first pick of the draft. I think it's Jacksonville. I think they are dysfunctional enough to do something crazy, uh, and maybe not crazy in a, in a bad way. Maybe Jacksonville trades down with someone who wants to trade up because they want Trayvon Walker or, or someone else.
1: If someone trades um, up for them.
2: I, I saw a scenario where someone traded up for uh, with Jacksonville. Um, look, I, I just don't trust them to do what they should do at any point in the draft, so I could see a surprise at number one overall, so I'm I'm going Jacksonville. Paul, I I'm I, I don't know how big a
0: surprise this qualifies at, but I think most people aren't that big on Iquani, and I think he's going to be the first the the he's first the of, offensive almost. tackle off the board.
1: That sounds like a knock, but uh, we the the big buzz with him was from Indianapolis at the combine. That week you were there. Yeah,
0: he made a big podium impression also. But I, I think uh, I think he might be better than Neal and Cross. And I think teams might think he's better than Neal and Cross. And I think he's going to the Texans third.
1: I think, well, I'll stick with the Texans as my first big surprise. At number three with Nick Casario, um, I think there will be analysts who say, oh, this, this defensive player pairs well with Lovey Smith. This is a Nick Casario draft where they pick third and 13th. And if he is looking, if you believe the report this morning, that the Texans could trade back into the top ten after their selection at three, I read that as more as, as them trading back in to get a tackle on offense more than them trading back in to get Jermaine Johnson. If they're in love with Jermaine Johnson, I think they take him and assure themselves of the guy they love and then trade back in to get the second tackle, for instance. Uh, that's a perfect world if you buy the report. But I think if, if you look at the teams with the two top 10, two top 15 picks, that's where the surprise will come. And I'll give you an outside candidate. Kansas City, two first-round picks. They have 12 or 13 picks total in this draft. If they want to move up, they, they have the arsenal to move up and go after and attack one specific guy and assure themselves of an elite talent if they have a guy graded as you know, a first-round pick and they're one of the teams that has like 14 or 15 guys with a first-round grade instead of 32. Point being, you look at the teams with the most picks, Kansas City's got a ton of them, and they don't need them necessarily. They could package some things together and move up. They're, they're a candidate, but I think the first surprise happens with Houston because I think if Hutchinson's available and, and everything's chalk with Walker at, at, at Jacksonville, like many in Vegas is anticipating, I think it's a no-brainer for the Lions to go Hutchinson. Yes. Number two.
2: Number two? Your question? Do I have the question?
1: Yes. Who will be drafted higher than people think?
2: Matt Corral. Boys never underestimate the thirst of a team for a quarterback when they don't have a quarterback. I think more quarterbacks are going in this draft in the first round tonight than expected. I think Matt Corral is the surprise tonight mm. just getting in the first round. And I'm not talking 32. I think he's higher than the Lions at 32. I had him in my mock at 20 to Pittsburgh. I think Matt Corral is going to be that surprise quarterback in tonight's draft.
1: Jermaine Johnson for me, because if he's if he's being discussed as the third best pass rusher, that's a top 10 player, and he's being mocked somewhere between 13 and 16. And I think he goes much higher than where many people believe. And if Houston loves him at 13, and every everyone that I've seen recently has him to Houston at 13, to me that's an indication that they will not pass on him if given the opportunity. And if you have pass rush, pass rush off the board at one and two, I think they assure themselves that they get their guy at three.
0: I got a twitchy pass rusher with a big motor who I think has been talked about as a second rounder who's sneaking into the first round. Uh, and I hope I do justice to his last name, Arnold Ebiketti
2: from Penn State.
1: First round guy?
2: Yeah.
1: I Okay. I'm That'd be a note surprise. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm already surprised. I'm,
2: I'm going to remember that if his name's called tonight, that's for sure. I've also got somebody who's going later than oh, everybody yeah, let's says. Hear
0: George Pickens. Chad likes him as a first rounder. You know what his over-under is at DraftKings? 38 and a half. You know why? Character concerns that are flying around and generating stuff.
1: I, I took the over. I, I tend to lean, Paul, with what you're doing. The only team that. like it, I've it, got Kansas City getting them. Yeah, that's the only team that I think could take him and turn him into the talent, and no one would have any issues. Last 38 I, saw and a half. I thought it would be like 34.
2: Thirty-eight yeah. and a half is a huge number. Todd McShay has Kansas City taking him in the first round. Dane Brugler has him going in the first round in his latest mock draft. Who um, I mean, you trust? Those guys or Vegas. <laughs> look, I don't trust. It. I don't trust anyone. I
1: don't. I don't. Trust. Tr- I don't
2: tr- I'm just. I'm not saying they're always right either. I'm just saying I'm not alone Have, thinking George Pickens is first round capable. Um, Paul, third
1: question.
0: Third question: How many wide receivers will be drafted in the first round?
1: So the over under in Vegas is six and a half. And I'm taking the over here because I think that's where the true value is. I think we see a run on them in the top 15. Then then there's a second tier that's first-round worthy for teams who cannot get out of the pick. And there's more teams who are willing to trade back than trade up. And because of that, and the fact that you can go around rosters and see where trades have been made this offseason or see where contracts are coming up, there are a number of teams that are wide receiver needy. And while there's speed... In the second and third rounds of this draft, I think the elite athleticism, that's where teams go in the first round, and I think I would take, I would take the over. This would be the most wide receiver selected since 2004 through the first 32 picks. I'm going to take the over as
2: well. I've got eight going in the first round, um, the final wide receiver being Christian Watson from North Dakota State, and I've got uh, him going 32 to Detroit. So, I'm going to go over uh, by a receiver and a half. Eight receivers in the first round of tonight's draft.
0: I'm under. Wilson, uh, London, Williams, Alave, Burks, Dotson. Pickens, I just gave you the case, mm-hmm. against Watson. I think too raw, hasn't done it against uh, primary competition, uh, I think they're they're in the in the yeah, second.
1: Watson's speed is why he'll yeah. be selected. Someone'll trade up just for the traits. It's no different than what we're seeing at number 1 overall tonight, right?
0: Yeah, and it may be because of the dearth of overall talent Maybe. in the second yeah. half. Maybe, uh, yeah, I first think that round. helps him for sure. But I'm going under.
1: Um by the way, Fangel.com, you can take a prop bet tonight on the first round. You can go 3 or more quarterbacks and 6 or more wide receivers in the first round. And the odds on that is minus 160. So Vegas and Fan- FanDuel is saying that the odds are in the favor that we'll have three or more quarterbacks and six or more wide receivers in what is deemed to be a defensive-heavy top 15. It sounds like offense is dominating tonight, no matter how you feel about the QBs in this draft. Um, question number four. Will a running back be selected this evening? If so, where?
0: No. A running back will not be selected. If so, it will be Brees Hall to the Bills at 25. But as we talked about with Armando, the Bills would be better served to get an offensive lineman to block for a running back that they find later.
2: A running back should not be selected in the first round for reasons I've said for a long time. Go ahead. But I'm going to go against my mock draft and say the Bills will take (laughs) Brees Hall because I, I, I do think that Brees Hall is in a different league compared to the the rest of the running backs. I like Kenneth Walker a lot. There's a lot of tread on those tires. Not that There's not on Brees Hall also, but I think Hall is a different level prospect than the number two running back in this class. So maybe you draft him in the first round. I think the Bills will be enticed enough to go after him in Bills the first
1: round. Bills must run better. Must. That, that, yeah. And that's, that's the argument for drafting Brees Hall at 25, is he's an instant starter at a position of need where he gives you an element of your offense that you could not rely on week in and week out.
0: Could be the argument for drafting the, the line to, for the back later.
1: Also. You, you know, you could also argue you don't really have to have the number one running back in Buffalo exactly. based on what you have offensively. So just wait. And if you wait, Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller, uh, Pierce is, is available. Guys? Cook uh, is on the board from Georgia. Uh, Hassan Haskins from Michigan. Is a second, third-round guy. I mean, there are college production-level talent at that running back that will be available later in this. And draft. there'll
0: be an undrafted guy out of this no doubt. group who runs yep. well. So, were you in this? Yes or no?
1: I'm no. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't draft a running back in the first round tonight, no matter the value. Chad,
2: who is under the most pressure to get tonight right? I'll go. Joe Douglas. You've got number four, number ten for the
0: Jets. It's time for that team. I mean, it's always time for that team. But here he is. Things haven't gone great. He's uh, it's got a second-year coach. Uh, his owner is, is done being a diplomat. Um, the Giants also have two first-round picks. It, it, he's got to win, it, and he's got to get two quality players here that help change the direction of that franchise. Matt Rule, close second.
1: It's an arms race. I nearly chose a team with two first-round picks because you can begin to gather your franchise tonight. But I'm going with a team that is on the brink, one way or the other. And the door is open for the Tennessee Titans, believe it or not. They may have set a record, I haven't looked this up, for the least amount of production from the back-to-back first-round picks in NFL history. They have absolutely sucked in the first round in recent years if they stick and pick at 26. And by the way, I'm a believer, and here's the draft Nick uh, quality that I I don't want to portray today. I'm a believer that pick 26 and pick 39 or 43 are virtually the same. If you're going to tell me that Kenyon Green is a first-round pick but Trey McBride at tight end can't give you the same professional value at the next level for this team in Nashville, you're crazy. And one's a second-round pick, one's a first-round pick, and there could be 15 to 20 selections in between where those two are drafted. I think in a perfect world, they'd love to trade back, but you have to have a trade partner to move up. And because of that and the uncertainty until the draft begins to play itself out on whether or not you even find a trade partner, you've got to get 26 right. There is a ton of pressure on making sure that the offensive guard slash center slash player that they will not tell us where they're playing slash wide receiver, or quarterback, like at any pos- corner, like we can name all these They whoever they go with, it's got to be the right call. Because if they can't trade back, there is a huge gap between where they select in the first round at 26 and where they select in the third round at 90. And a lot of players that are graded on that same plane are going off the board Meaning that if they stick and pick, they've got to get it right because that guy's a starter and he's impactful on the offensive line if, in fact, you believe they're headed that way. He's
0: a starter in most places, Hutt. Here, might yep. need five weeks to get ready. I, and, uh, and for the
1: last two years, they haven't needed their first-round pick to produce to the level of what we would expect for them to have Super Bowl expectations. This year, you've got it, there are, there's too much on the line up front of the offensive line or at wide receiver for them not to get the pick right. They've got to get production if, if they're selecting at 26.
2: I really like your pick there. Uh, to show that we don't check with each other before these little exercises, I had the exact same answer as Paul, Joe Douglas. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. That's a good pick. And my answer yeah. is going to be one, Zachary Capono Wilson. <laughs> that is Zach Wilson's middle name, believe it or not. It's right here on Wikipedia. Capone? Zachary Capono Wilson. His mother's maiden name. Capono with a K. Capono with a K. The traditional spelling. <laughs> uh, there was a Capono, uh, I think it was Jason Capono for UCLA back in the day that was a shooter. Yeah. I remember. He's got a lot of gel in his hair, if I recall correctly, Sounds when he right. played. Um, pressure's on him because the Jets are going to get a lot better yeah. tonight, and it, it is time to st- stop messing around if you're the Jets. Year two for him. Underwhelming year one. you know, Not awful, but I would call it underwhelming. He's the number two overall pick. That is a market that's going to demand results pretty quickly. With what the Jets are going to do tonight, we put all those different, you know, our mock drafts together. There wasn't a single mock draft between the three of us where I didn't think, man, the Jets got a hell of a lot better with those two picks, (laughs) right? I'm looking, I'm thinking, man, what jumps out to me is the Jets got two really good football players with those high picks. It's going to be on Zach Wilson to produce now. And they're going to need to take a step up this year. I'm not saying playoffs, but they need to be in the playoff discussion into late in the season. Yeah. That, that needs to be the expectation for the Jets this year. So I think Zach Wilson's under the gun because of this draft. Like you're thinking. Zachary Capono Wilson. Well, um, this team or player combination
0: makes the most sense.
1: For me, it's Jordan Davis and the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs>
0: Another one we didn't check on. Did I mean,
1: I, I, if you said, who is the Raven? Where if they're selected, you say, of course. Like, this is, the, this is the Najee Harris pick at running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, it's the same level of confidence I have that if Baltimore takes Jordan Davis, if available, if Philly, for some reason, doesn't go that direction with their first pick and they wait, uh, it makes too much sense. Jordan Davis, Baltimore, that's the lock for me, Chad.
2: I'm going to go with Aiden Hutchinson to the Lions. I think that, uh, once again, here's the theme for me today, the Jags will screw this up and not take Aiden Hutchinson. And I think with what Dan Campbell wants for that organization and for the culture of his team, you got the Michigan kid going right down the road from Ann Arbor to Detroit. I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, if you're a Lions fan, you got to be excited about that pairing with what Campbell wants to do with that organization and what Hutchinson immediately brings to the table, I think not really the Lions per se, but Campbell paired with Aiden Hutchinson makes a ton of sense. Paul?
0: Well, I had Jordan Davis and yeah. the Ravens, but I also had uh, Stingley and the Vikings. So um, I like that I'm too. not finding the name of the defensive coach who, from LSU to Minnesota. His defensive coordinator. Uh, his defensive coordinator now, now coaching, I think, defensive backs. Yes in minnesota that would make sense though i've got stingley disappearing earlier in in my mock draft but i think minnesota would like to get their hands on stingley uh, which would make sense i'm with you too on jordan davis being a very much a ravens type of player and i think the ravens are as identifiable uh a franchise as there is for having their kind of guys
1: our final thoughts headed into round one of the nfl draft next on outkick 360 get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the
2: seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and
0: frenemies
1: on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Wrapping up what has been a fun show out here in the beer garden, 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Josh Heupel, Danny White. Rick Barnes, Kelly Harper, the Big Orange Caravan in town here at uh, 6th and Peabody this evening. We'll have several of those guests on the show tomorrow as as well as a full recap of round number one. Um, Matt Corral, Chad, has told reporters um, Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral said on the— Said on NFL Network, get ready that he's had great conversations with several owners and general managers that made him comfortable enough to go to Las Vegas to be in the green room tonight. Chad, your thoughts? My guy,
2: he's going <laughs> to be a great Pittsburgh Steeler. Now that's pair for sure. it with
1: this recent Peter
2: Schrager <laughs> just now. NFL Network. Hey,
1: let me let me preface. Peter Schrager, of the last like five years has been spot good. on. He has a very good mock draft compared to those yes. who claim to have one. Old Schrags, yeah. At P.
2: Schrags on Twitter, exactly. Um, teams that sources are most often linking as potential quarterback teams in tonight's first round. Carolina, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Tennessee. The Titans on that list for potential quarterback tonight in the first round. Paul, your thoughts.
0: Well, they've they've looked at a lot of quarterbacks. They've done their due diligence on a lot of quarterbacks. I think it would be foolish, but – it's uh, certainly possible
1: i you're headed down chad i would compare it you know the situation not the talent it would be very similar to the packers getting jordan love because what do you do except the guy in, hang front, on, of, uh, hang guy on. in front
0: of him is not a hall hang thing, on
1: either. what do you do though if ryan Tannehill takes you to the afc championship game this year yeah,
2: you're, what do you do at quarterback? You're
1: stuck with a, m- a first round. You bring round back, back Tannehill, or you go with Matt Corral? You
2: admit that he's never going to get you to a Super Bowl and get rid
1: of him? Well, that, oh, a second AFC Championship is yeah, not good a, enough. At that point, it's—I uh, mean, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. They don't bow out in the first round. Look, a, I've made game. up
2: my mind on Tannehill. They're not going far in the playoffs with him at quarterback. So I don't mind the I don't mind the pick if you really like a guy, but you don't—you don't just reach on a guy that you don't love. Also. Like I don't think you just
1: say, well, we've got to figure out quarterback. He's the guy.
2: So let's go get a quarterback right now just so we have a guy in case it doesn't work out. Matt Corral's With never going be better than Ryan
1: Tannehill. I, I don't think it's in their best interest to go quarterback tonight. I don't either. I, I don't either.
2: Here's something I read about I Corral. hate it less than you guys, but I I don't, I still don't like you it. You may have read this same thing uh, because
0: you and I have been reading a lot of the yep. same things, Chad. Matt Corral is so, so quick release, like it's too quick a release. And he brings like the a ball shot back. Put. If you're watching – if you're watching this, and I'll try to describe it, he brings the ball back to his ear, but he doesn't tilt the ball in. So Tom Brady doesn't tilt the ball in a lot, but you have to tilt the ball in a little bit to get some torque to bring it here, right? Corral brings it to his ear, but keeps
1: the
2: ball straight.
1: Yeah. Real quick, number one overall pick tonight, I say Aiden Hutchinson. I think the Jags get it right. Chad?
2: I say Aiden Hutchinson as well. Two for two. I say Walker. I uh, Vegas knows. Jags going to Jags.
1: Armando has you covered from Las Vegas. Hit OutKick.com for the very latest where he's already near the draft stage. We recap round one with you tomorrow across the OutKick network. Don't block
0: the box. Do lock your locks.